Just Go Bike Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Wyatt from the Iowa Bicycle Coalition. And I'm TJ Jeskowitz from Ragbri. podcast where we talk about bicycles just for the fun of it. There's going to be tales from biking across the nation. We're going to be joined by guests each week to talk about the social side of cycling. So come for the bikes, stay for the fun, and leave with a smile. Well, I'm smiling today, Mark, because this is episode number 50 for the Just Go Bike podcast. Uh, actual 50 weeks of podcasting. And we've put out a few other special shows around Ragbri and a couple of different things like around Burr and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. this is officially episode number 50 for the Just Go Bike podcast. So I'm pretty excited about, about that big number on the calendar. Uh, here we are the second week of January in episode 50. What do you think of that? You know, I think uh, this has been a good, uh, it's been a good commitment for us and and a lot of fun and, you know, helping, you know, at least our communications game on our end, I think that uh, helps quite a bit to be able to, uh, to work on these things. So yeah, no, I'm, I'm pretty excited. I think it's, uh, it's been a fun time. Well, I've been doing a little preparation for the big rat announcement party that's just coming up in a couple of weeks, and I stumbled upon the original note from John Karras that went out in the Des Moines Register, and it basically said one of the one of the main goals is to promote cycling and to promote small town Iowa. And one of the one one of those things that we're doing here with the Just Go Bike Podcast is promoting cycling, and we've really. Um, really stuck to that goal. I mean, the fun side of cycling, but we've really touched upon every type of cycling, um, you know, from commuting to, you know, racing to, you know, just, just get out on your bike and ride or fun rides throughout the state or, or, or ragbri or bacon rides. So I think we've kind of lived up from, from day one, what John Karras and Donald Call put out uh, with Ragbride to say, hey, we're going to promote cycling with this event. I think we're living up to one of those those little things that the, our forefathers of the cycling uh, industry in Iowa really had that in mind of making sure that we are always promoting cycling. Yeah, and you even let me talk about my wonky policy work with the legislature and, and <laughs> DOT and things like that. So, I mean, we really cover all the bases, which is pretty cool. Yeah. And so it seems like, if, if I'm not mistaken, I, I saw in the, the front page of the register that the, the governor was up there with the state of the state address. So sounds like legislative sessions have opened up uh, just up the street. We're, a, we're about a three-wood drive from <laughs> my building to the Capitol. So it seems like we're going to see Mark White in a suit quite a bit coming up talking about legislative issues with cycling. So what's what's going on for this legislative session, Mark? You know, it's interesting. A lot, a lot of people know this, but legislative sessions are actually two years long. So uh, last year was was just the beginning of the session. This is the second half. So we're, we're past the halftime break and, and going into the, uh, the final half. Um, so we, we got a lot of things going on. I mean, number one, um, is our our safe passing bill for bicyclists. So we're working to uh, uh, try to get people to change lanes to pass bicyclists. Um, we've got some things that we need to overcome. I think the whole lane change things, I, th- I think people are pretty clear on that. And I think it's working pretty well for us. Um, there's a nighttime light issue that we're working on. And there's uh, we're still having discussions around the daytime visibility part. But 
you know, in theory, it's great, but in practicality, it's really difficult. And that's that's my job is at the Iowa Bicycle Coalition to sort a lot of that stuff out on how how things are going to work. Um, one of the things that we were encouraged by yesterday is is the governor released her budget, um, and this was important because trails funding is in there, um, and she brought the level of trail funding back to two, 2017 levels, uh, and trying to her proposal was to authorize 2.5 million dollars uh, for trails last year. Um, we were uh, about one million. Well, we were exactly one million dollars. Um, now, none of that's paid for through gas tax. That's through the infrastructure fund, through wagering uh, and gambling receipts. Um, and it allows us to do some great projects. And, and that's that's been fun. Uh, same thing that you're talking about. It brings uh, bicycling out to small-town Iowa. And I think that's, that's fantastic. Yeah. Well, I know there's a lot of trail connections and different things like that that, you know, we, we hear about. And I think they're they're kind of on the forefront of, of really doing more and more connectivity throughout our state. So anytime that we see budgets with with money earmarked for cycling or cycling infrastructure, I mean those are those are really good things. So uh, glad to hear that the the governor put put that into the budget for this year. And uh, I'm sure you're going to be up there with with some good folks keeping an keeping an eye and and an ear out for things that are cycling related to make sure that that we're we're getting some fun that are there for cycling yeah. so so, so uh, also yesterday uh the dot awarded some grants for trails and and i'll just highlight a couple here because i think you're going to know about this one of the ones is raccoon river valley trail to the high trestle trail oh uh, yeah this would, this would be near the city of woodward um and it was one hundred and sixty one thousand dollars, which doesn't seem like a lot of money but they also have some other grants that they're that they're applying for but that's going to be a pretty cool connection. That that might change uh, Bacon or Pigtails or something like that for us, wouldn't it? Yeah, that you know that's the missing link, if you will. I mean, two of the great trail system. We know the Raccoon River Valley Trail very well. We do the uh-huh. Bacon ride on that. The other trail system that you mentioned, the High Trestle Trail, which basically runs right now from the city of Ankeny up to Woodward. Uh, and it crosses, obviously, with a High Trestle Bridge. But if we could connect Woodward all all the way over to Perry, which is that that mm. missing link, boy, that would just open up because you're you're basically looking at about a hundred miles of trail on the Raccoon River right now. You know, roughly we're talking you know just on about twenty seven, twenty eight miles of trail on on the High Trestle right now. So, but you know, connecting those major metropolitan areas that, that we have a lot of people cycling out of, I mean, that would just open things up. And I think yeah. the big winners is every town on any of those trails, because yeah. if you're looking at it as, say, a Perry, Iowa, you know, taking a nice ride out of, you know, my hometown in Ankeny uh, would be a no-brainer. Go up and spend a weekend in Perry or, or go or cycle all the way across to Waukee. Um, mm-hmm. So those are those are some neat things that long overdue. And um, I, I just love our trail system in Iowa. I will stack up our trail system and the progress that we've made in the last, say, 15, 20 years in, in our state 
to really any in the in the union because we get it um, and hopefully we'll continue that trend that cycling is business it's economic impact for these towns it's not just that one week a year it's as you've mentioned before in a lot of your quotes that it, you know it's a 365 million dollar um, cottage industry for the state of Iowa so good good right. to hear those things happening Right, right. And the the biggest award winner was three hundred and forty four thousand, and that was the Tatanka Ska Trace. I think that wins the award for the best named trail that I've seen. Tatanka, uh, I believe that the translation is buffalo, and in, in oh. the Native American language, Tatanka. We've been through that town of yep. Tatanka uh, a few times on Ragbri, but uh, I think if I've got my dancing with wolves analogies down, I think Tatanka <laughs> means buffalo. Now this this Could is be wrong. Tatanka. So T A T O N K A is the way they spell this. So this is a little bit different. Yeah, so I don't know. It's not a female buffalo. Are you sure? Are we? I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. But I think it's worth checking out, yeah. uh, and especially over this one's up in Dickinson County. So they've done some awesome stuff up in Okemoji oh, cool. area with trails. So yeah, we we probably need to take a little uh, field trip and check that one out and see how it's going to go. So just those two trail projects over a half million dollars right there that is just pumping into two really good trail systems um yeah. so were those all the awards or a few other ones that went out as uh, well this one's the federal recreational trails so uh, this also goes to some some off highway vehicle like uh, four-wheeler sort of of projects so that and some snowmobile projects and uh, so they got a lot going on and uh yeah there's uh that's that's a few of them so that yeah. that money comes from the federal government and and there's mm. also a, a pot of money that we're working on appropriations for the state government so okay yeah good yeah, works out well good. well i'll tell you what i think our 2018 calendar is pretty full with with events i know we've got obviously pigtails uh two coming up in may mother's day weekend we got bacon ride um fifth edition we're gonna put the theme out and a new video coming out just in a couple of weeks obviously rag bry um we did kind of um lose some of the the fall type of events like grand gable and stuff like that that we're not really sure what that is going to end up with so I bet you there's some room on the calendar, Mark, for maybe 2019, maybe do another uh, project together. What do you say? I think we should yeah. put our heads together and come up with some. I got some ideas. I'm just waiting for uh, – we got some ideas. We got a great date in the fall. Let's, let's put our heads together and see what we can yeah. do. Yeah. I think the last time we did that was probably, you know, maybe over a cocktail or a beer or something like that. And we, we sketched out Baycoon Ride on a napkin. And um, sometimes some of the best ideas in the world come out of just yeah. a, a casual conversation over a cold one. So um, we might have to put our heads together with all these new projects coming online. Um, you know, if there's a thirst for people out there for, for new and exciting events, we might as well give the people what they want. Right. Right. Sounds good. Sounds real huh. good. Well, cool. Well, um, I know you're busy up at the, at the Capitol. We've got a lot of events. We talked about all those events coming up. I mean, pretty much Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, we've got events going on uh, leading up to the, you know, the Iowa Bike Expo and the, and the Ragbri Rad Announcement Party. Um, sounds like, if I'm not mistaken, is the Iowa Bike Expo sold out for vendors? Well, I say that with a really deep breath. Um, yeah, we we actually sold out, and in anticipation, we decided, well, let's add ten more booths. 
Um, so we did that, and suddenly I no more than added the ten booths, and, and two more of them sold yesterday. So um, it's like we we yeah, it's difficult to make it stop, which is is awesome. So um, right now I think we have a uh, hundred and. 178 or so vendors. Um, oh, here we go. 177 uh, vendor spaces. Awesome. So this this thing's going to be huge. Right. And we got a little we got a little more room to grow. But uh, yeah, the more we can do to to make this exciting, make it fun, make it interesting, I think yeah. it's going to be great. I, you know, I, I I read the trade publications about what's going on in the bike industry. There's a lot of a lot of companies that have kind of gone under, you know, and and um, you know just the last couple of months. Um, a lot of people out in different areas of the country or different areas of the world. Are, I mean, are obviously they're very much hurting. Um, and, and I think if you look at the snapshot of what we're doing in Iowa, I think there's a lot of great things happening. And you know, I I just wish that people would take notice the 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 way that we approach cycling i mean mm-hmm. to to take say the iowa bike expo and greatly expand it you know here we are i mean people joke about us as flyover country and here we are you know putting you know millions of dollars you know millions of dollars into trail systems we've got a, a iowa bike expo that's bursting at the seam we, we're about to put out a new route party we've got you know a, a woman's event that's probably going to get a thousand uh, participants there's some great things happening and i think sometimes that people made it maybe take a step back and take a look yeah. and say, you know what? Who cares what's happening in France with Chris Froome or whatever? You know what? People just want to get out and ride their bikes. I mean, this is this is what makes our state, I think, in the in the bicycle movement, so awesome. And I, I think right. you know other people should take notice and say, you know what? What, are the, what the hell are those people doing in Iowa that 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 people are just clamoring for more and more cycling? And I, I feel really good about the direction. I mean, we've been friends, Mark, for for a long time. We work together on a lot of different projects, and I, I really like the direction where the state of Iowa is heading when it comes in regards to cycling. And I don't know if you've got that vibe compared to there's a lot of woe is me out there in, in the cycling world. And I don't sense that at all in, in our state. Are things perfect? Absolutely not. Can we be better in a lot of things? Absolutely. But we're working on those things. And I think, you know, hearing the support from the state and the DOT and uh, hopefully the legislators this year, it's only, like you said, it's halftime. And you know what? You know, hey, if Alabama quit at halftime, they wouldn't be national champs, right? So <laughs> they played a second half and they, they kicked the Bulldogs' butts and, and now they're national champs. So this second half of the legislative session, you know, hey, we're, we're coming out there. We need these, we need these safety measures in place. We need, we need to get behind cycling and the promotion of cycling. So uh, I'm excited about the work that you're doing with the Iowa Bike Coalition and different partners, Mark, to, to get that. And I'm excited about the direction of, of um, cycling in our state. I mean, this wasn't intended to be a state of the union, state of the cycling union address or state of the state address, but uh, I just feel really cool about what's going on in our state and and appreciate all the entities that have helped, you know, our, our, our RAGBRAI and the Iowa Bike Coalition move in that direction. Yeah, cool. Well, cool. Right. Well, we, what, do we, what do we got? What do we got to talk about today? We got, we got Murph up? We got uh, Murph, a.k.a. Murph, that did an interview with our 
good buddy, Luke Eustace. And uh, for those that don't know Luke, um, I guess he's a born-again cyclist, if you if you will. He was a, a wrestler that, that saw the light uh, and said, hey, I think um, – I think I'll become a cyclist because you can only wrestle so long, I'm guessing. And I, I think a few of our good friends, I think Josh and a, a few other people introduced Luke to the sport of cycling. And that guy hasn't looked in the rearview mirror. And it's a cloud of dust with Eustace on the bike. And he's become one of the best endurance cyclists around, I would say. You know anything yeah. more about this guy, Luke Eustace? You know, Luke's Luke's a good friend. He's uh, he's got a passion for what we're doing, and and man, he can just get on the bike and go. It's it's like he he's he's got no pain in his world, and his endurance is is you know lasts forever. But he's also a really kind of fun guy to just hang out with and ride with, and and you know, is not uh, not so keyed up on on uh, on winning everything and and being that guy. So that's pretty cool. He's pretty humble. Well, it is cool to to know that, you know, one person can also, you know, spread the love of cycling. I know our, our friend Josh Schumberger got got Luke involved in into the cycling world and he's come on a couple of rides with us and we spent time. But I think Luke and Josh are also getting the whole Iowa wrestling coaches involved in cycling, which is really cool to see the Brands brothers getting really into cycling. Um and we see that how one person uh, can plant a seed. Um, we we see that in the NASCAR world with with Jimmy Johnson and and picking up all of a sudden you know Kenseth and Dale Jr. are huge in the cycling and, and pushing out the promotion of cycling. So I really like when you see you know more important more and more people just kind of getting that cycling bug and not just keeping it within their inner self, but sharing that love and getting more people into the fold. And that's how yeah. that's how we grow this pot. And that's how we get more people really into cycling when you got you know one of the best one of the uh you know best wrestling coaches and you know some of the most decorated wrestlers in the entire world that no longer are wrestling on the mat but now they're picking up that that full-blown passion on the bicycle so hey hats off to, to luke helmets off to, to luke for what he's been able to do in that short period as a cyclist and uh, really interested to hear murph's uh interview with luke eustace from the hawkeye wrestling program all right, let's just go back. Well, hello, Just Go Bike podcast listeners. This is Kathy Murphy, a.k.a. Murph. And with me today is Luke Eustace. Hey, Luke, and welcome. Hey, how's it going? Good. So a little background. Luke is a superstar wrestler. He was a three-year starter with the University of Iowa, Go Hawks, and is currently the director of wrestling operations at Iowa. Uh, Luke is also an excellent cyclist, which is how I know you, Luke. And he's here today to talk a little bit about biking and also a pretty amazing day he had in October of 2016, where he rode his bike across Iowa in one day. I don't think very many people can say that. So anyway, let's get started. Luke, tell us a little bit about your current job. Uh, basically, just the odds and ends and keeping uh, Iowa wrestling going. So do all the travel every year, making sure our guys get to where they need to go. Um, budget, kind of in charge of making sure the budget, we stay on budget and not spend all the money in the world and uh, paperwork. 
Um, and then I do some stuff with the Hawkeye Wrestling Club, which is a, a nonprofit that we help pay our post-collegiates to continue wrestling in the Olympics, World Championships, things like that. So kind of just whatever the day-to-day operations that would need to get done with, with the Iowa Wrestling Program. And do you ever get to wrestle yourself anymore? It is actually illegal for me to wrestle with the team because oh, no. of my job. So really? But I'm really okay with that. I'm old, and these guys would probably break me in half, and <laughs> I wouldn't be able to walk for a couple of weeks. So it's, <laughs> it's actually a pretty good excuse that it's illegal because then no one wants to grab me and hurt me. So it's, it's, it's actually worked out really well. <laughs> it's worked out for you and for your job, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. Okay. So I've only known you, I don't know, maybe three or four years, and it's because of our mutual friends within RAGBRAI. But at what point did cycling, bicycling, become part of your life? Um, it's funny. I've always, I've always watched the tour france and i was never a cyclist but for some reason i would gravitated towards it and i always enjoyed watching it kind of similar where it was kind of the masters i always i golf but i've always loved to watch the masters it's been something i look forward to and the tour the france was exactly like that and uh-huh. i was not a cyclist um and then josh schomberger who president of the visitors bureau um was friends with him and we always like like to talk and make bets and so we bet 18 hole after 18 holes of golf, whoever won. And if I won, he'd have to wrestle with me for seven minutes. And if he won, I'd have to go on a hundred mile bike ride with him. And for some reason I beat him and I don't know how, but I did. And so I was off the hook riding a hundred miles. And, but then I, he's like, well, why don't you just come ride with, ride a bike with me? So I rode his wife's bike a couple of times and then, and then that was five, six years ago. And then he said, well, why don't you just come on reg ride pre-ride with us? Yeah. So I went out and bought a bike on a Wednesday and then went on reg ride pre-ride Thursday, Friday, Saturday and broke, broke in my underside the only way that you can to ride. <laughs> and I was, then I was, I was kind of hooked really. So that was five or six years ago and never really looked back and become a huge part of my life now. Wow. Wow. And I think that first pre-ride, uh, I was there as well. And I remember going up this huge hill that everyone was suffering and talking, making all kinds of negative comments about this hill. And you went flying past me, went to the top of the hill, stopped. And I thought, oh, maybe he's going to cheer us all on to the top of the hill. Oh, no, you turned around and went down the hill and came back up and still beat all of us a second time. And from that moment on, I knew that you had a little something extra in your head. That was probably partly my dysfunction. And then <laughs> plus I had, you know, I had nothing. I had, I had no clue about cycling. And so I was just all gung-ho and eager and yeah. loving life and thought it was so much fun. And my, like I said, my backside didn't probably hurt then. And I learned real quick the next day that why... <laughs> why sometimes it's hard to get into cycling a little bit. you got to kind of condition yourself. Right, right. Uh, what would you describe as your style of cycling? Um, like there's fat tire people, there's cycle cross, there's yeah, a little bit of everything. I, 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 I was complete and utter roadie, and then I just this year kind of got into cyclocross. And so I'm, I'm kind of learning the joys of cyclocross, gravel, those kind of things now. And I absolutely love that stuff, but I do look forward to um, getting on the road here when the weather turns, but I really enjoy all aspects of it. My dad has a fat tire bike that he bought for hunting, he thought. And so when I go home for Christmas, I usually get on that every day I'm home mm-hmm. just because it's different and I don't have one. So I, I, I've learned to enjoy that too, a different aspect of it because it is 
seems like you got to work a lot harder on a fat bike to go fast. Yeah. And so I like to go fast, so you got to kind of work a little harder on a fat bike to do that. So definitely, just, I I just learned to love all aspects of it, and a lot of it just because of the benefits of you know the cardiovascular benefits, and I feel like I got a great workout in when I go out bike, and that's probably the most important thing to me. Sure, sure. Well, speaking of cardiovascular and the fact that you are a fast rider, so October 2016, I don't recall the weather. I'm sure you know it like the back of your um, hand, but you rode in a bike ride basically called Ride Across Iowa in a Day. And not only did you ride your bike in a day, you won the event. It was you and two other guys, I believe, that completed it in just over 14 hours. So you literally went from west side of the state of Iowa to the east side of the state in 14 hours. This is just mind-blowing to me. I can't understand. I know you as a person, but I just cannot fathom doing that. So I need to know a little bit about this experience, but maybe start off but with telling us what exactly is Ride Across Iowa in a Day. Is it a race, a ride? Is it sponsored? Um, yeah, I didn't know really what it was either, and I kind of just kind of got into it. It's I thought it was a ride. It's kind of a race. It's a little bit of both, I think. I think it's kind of a pride thing if you can finish it first, but it's also a pride thing if you can just finish it. Yeah. Uh, we started in we started in Council Bluffs and ended in Muscatine, and it it changes. There's a northern route and a southern route, and it kind of goes back and forth. So we did the southern route. Um, started at 4 a.m. and again, I really didn't know what to expect either. And um, you know, I really learned to enjoy riding at night with a with a, uh, with light, with a light on your helmet and your bike. And I enjoyed the heck out of that. And there was a group of guys that kind of ended up going out in front a little bit. And, uh, I was in that group and then, uh, I stopped to go to the bathroom and then they all kept going obviously. And so after that, I probably rode 120, 140 miles by myself. Oh man. I absolutely learned to love that um, by myself in the dark, just you and your bike and whatever was around you. And so that turned into probably one of my more enjoyable times when I end up riding by myself mm -hmm. um, early in that early in that ride. So it was it was it was fun. I I don't know if I'll I probably I said I'll never do it again, but I probably will <laughs> um, just because my mentality and my my way I like to think about things. So. Sure. I probably will end up doing it again sometime. And so even though you biked by yourself for over 100 miles, you ended up catching the guys, obviously. Yeah, I ended up catching them, and and, uh, and then I passed everybody, and then the two guys, they ended up kind of riding up, riding up behind me, and then we rode probably the last, boy, I don't know, probably 60 miles or so kind of together. Mm -hmm. And then we ended up finishing in Muscatine, and... I had an unbelievable support guy and, and my buddy Josh Schomberger. Um, he was he drove my suburban and I would it felt like I was in the tour. I'd just throw my water bottle down in front of him and he'd give me a new one, um, food, whatever I needed. It was that was really probably the one thing that, that helped me the most was just having that support there where I didn't have to stop to get off my bike to get water, to get food. You could kind of just keep riding mm -hmm. and that was huge. Something I'd never really experienced before and quite honestly probably one of the more nervous things i didn't know how that was going to go but having him there and that was it was awesome let's let's give a shout out to josh he's a cool guy 
Very cool guy. Yeah. So what made you decide to do the ride across Iowa in a day? Was it a bet? Was it a just a personal, let's just do this? Yeah, just kind of a personal thing. It was something that, I'd, well, why not try it? You know, I'm kind of a goal-oriented person anyway. And I hadn't, no, no, nobody that I knew had done it, which that kind of helps too. Hey, I'm going to go out and try to do something that no one else that I know of has done. And, yeah. Good. What sort of training was involved? Probably not what I should have done. <laughs> Nothing really. I mean, it was one of those things where it kind of just caught, kind of just caught up to me. Like, holy cow, this is going to happen in a month or two. But I, I, I try to ride a lot. Um, I rode the longest I ever rode was 140 miles before that, and the uh, the whole thing ended up being um, 290 through six or 290 or something like that oh my gosh and so i rode i actually did the grand gable pre-ride and then i went out and rode another 35 or 40 miles after the grand gable pre-ride that year and so 140 145 was the most that i'd ever done before that and i looked at it kind of like a marathon no one ever goes and runs a marathon before they actually run one sure sure and so i kind of thought the same thing where hey i, I think i can do this at certain point, your mind just kind of has to take over and you just have to have the will to do it. You're probably going to hurt sometime during the ride. You're probably not going to feel good. Your legs aren't going to feel good, but your mind at some point is going to have to take over and uh, just to get through it. So that's kind of the way my thought process was. Right. So. And that was actually my next question is how do you keep that mental game going? Because it's, it, you know, if your mind tells you it's time to quit, Sometimes your body listens. So how did you? How were you able to keep going? Um, I think that partly my my competitiveness, my wrestling background, um, the way I was raised and grew up in this, not only in the sport but within Iowa wrestling, the coaches that I've had. You know, we talk a lot about mental toughness and that your mind is going to want to quit before your body does, um, and you can withstand a lot of pain. Um, your body can. And then I think just like anything, I think no matter how well-conditioned you are or how mentally tough you are, you're always going to have that, maybe that doubt in the back of your mind or you're going to get to a point on the ride when you're going to want to quit. Right. And just, I do a lot of reading, a lot of things, mental toughness things, just a lot of reading and it's never as bad afterwards as you think it was. No matter what you do after you're, after it's over, you always look back at, oh, that probably wasn't as bad as I thought it was. Sure. I wish I went to quit. That was kind of things. And so if you can kind of have that go through your head all the time, like just get through a little bit longer, a little bit longer, and then all of a sudden maybe your body turns around, maybe you feel, start feeling better. Maybe like, oh, okay, well, I got over this hill. Well, maybe I'll get over the next one. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, there was definitely times when I was going, and what am I doing out here? <laughs> I still got another 200 miles to go. And I have only done a hundred. What am I doing? And then I would just say, hey, okay, well, let's just keep pedaling and keep pedaling and break it things, little things, break it up into segments and break it up into 50 mile segments or hundred mile segments or, you know, things like that. But I actually, um, really felt good the, the whole time I did it. And a lot of that was, I thought, I think I had a very good nutrition plan, a good, um, hydration plan, um, funny story i've actually felt worse on that grand gable that year it was hot mm -hmm. um 
be. It was a horrible. I mean, I literally wanted to throw my bike in the ditch on that Grand Gable that year, um, which was about a month before that ride. And I thought, if I, how am I going to make it 300 miles if I feel like this after 100? Right. And I kind of learned that I'm a kind of person that needs a lot of liquid. And so that was really the number one thing for me was hydration and then good food. And so I'm kind of, I've learned that I'm a, a very um, natural food kind of person. I can't do gels. I can't do um, bars, things like that. I need a lot of whole foods mm-hmm. when I ride. And so that was one thing I learned. And um, I don't know if I really want to, if I should plug any products, but I scratch, scratch labs for me was, I think was unbelievably helpful. All right. They're, Shout out to scratch labs. Yeah. They're hydration stuff. And then, um, like rice cakes, I learned how to kind of make rice cakes and individual rice cakes. And I could carry a lot of those on me. And that was really, I think what helped me the most and helped my, my body, my legs never really felt dead. My, I always felt good. That's I was awesome. on a bike, and so kind of I cheated maybe a little bit where I never went through that phase of complete and utter anguish with my body just wanting to quit. Mm-hmm. So I think that helps a lot mentally. Does that make sense? Where oh, yeah. My legs were never saying just you're done. Your legs are done. You can't go anymore. And so my mind had to take over. My body felt really good, and I think it was just because I was on a good, a good schedule of eating and drinking, and that helped a ton. That's awesome. That's awesome. And it sounds like you, you kind of mentioned it, but if, if somebody challenged you to do it again, it sounds like you would. I probably would. I mean, I'm always looking for something to do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you have any um, experiences or good rides that you want to share with people besides the ride across Iowa? I mean, reg rides awesome every single year. Oh, yeah. I mean, I absolutely love it. And I mean, I, I equate that to a little bit like Sturgis, where it's just bikes as far as you can see and just a lot of people that are all trying to do the same thing um obviously the grand gable's awesome because i'm kind of involved in that i think that's an awesome ride something that really can test people because of the time of year the heat maybe the wind there's always seems like there's always something on that ride yeah i think there always Um, has been weather uh related there's always been something either it's super hot or super windy but i mean if you're going to do something worthwhile it's not going to be easy and that's what i always we try to tell our guys and our team you know anything worthwhile is never going to be easy there's going to be things that don't go your way and just keep going so i think that's what uh gravitates me towards cycling a yeah. little bit you know, it's, you it's d- always always going to be hard no matter what you definitely have a great attitude about the whole experience riding the body the nutrition the whole works you got it made yeah Good. Well, speaking- I'm a little bit ahead of the curve on that one, I think, just from my experiences with wrestling, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, well, is there any must-see place in Iowa to ride a bike, like one location? Oh, I don't know. That's a good question. Obviously, I mean, Western Iowa is pretty cool. I mean, just because of the hills. Yeah. And East Iowa is pretty cool because of the hills, too. I mean, it's. I grew up in southern Minnesota. There's not a whole lot of difference between southern Minnesota and Iowa. No, there's a lot of a lot of cornfields and a lot of uh, a lot of plains, those kind of things. I don't know. I I enjoy Iowa. I like. I, I absolutely love it. I love it because of the different parts of the year. Mm-hmm. You know, you can you can ride out in Sugar Bottom and um, Sugar Bottom Road and in the fall, and the leaves are awesome. Nature's awesome, and you can ride you know, other places as well. And it's a lot of the same thing and you can ride the flats and go fast with the windier back. And no, I, I love it. I love riding. 
every place is different. Yeah. You know, just what you kind of enjoy to do. If you like to ride hills, then there's different parts of Iowa that you like. If you like the trees and nature, there's definitely places like that you can ride too. So And I think I've seen well, you I think I've seen you on the single track in Coralville. I can't remember the name of it. Um, it yeah, kind of winds. It's a little track in Coralville. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure I've ran and into it. That's awesome there. too. You know, there's just I don't know. Biking, biking really has become uh, part of my life and a big part of my life. And so I enjoy different aspects of it. I I enjoy getting out and having that burn in my lungs, and I enjoy having the camaraderie with other people while you're biking and kind of learn to love just about every every aspect of biking that you can that there is the benefits to it so that's awesome that's awesome well one last question before i let you go um you've been on rag bread before what's your favorite pie you know i gotta be honest i don't eat pie on rag bread <laughs> i know that's probably probably some sort of sin cardinal <laughs> sin with rag bread but again it's kind of I've learned that I really need to limit what I put in my body when I'm out on a ride and make myself make make sure I feel good because my I have a very sensitive stomach sometimes. Yeah. I don't really feel like feeling bad when I'm on the bike. But if I'm at home, it's definitely pumpkin pie with a lot of homemade whipped cream and that's my uh one of my big vices for sure. Yum. I am a big pumpkin pie fan and probably a bigger whipped cream fan. <laughs> Well, I guess if you're not eating, eating a pie on ragbri, that's one more piece for somebody else. So it all ends that's up exactly right. Too. It all ends up good. Well, uh, there's thank- other things on ragbri that I like to get to in my body that probably are just bad as pie for you. So. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. Well, Luke, thank you so much for being on the podcast. No problem. Good. Thanks for having me. You bet. Well, listeners, I leave you with this quote from the unwritten book of morphology. This quote comes from Abraham Lincoln. The best way to predict your future is to create it. Think about it. Greetings. This is Andrea Parrott, and this is Parrot Talk. Taking a little break from route announcement party planning to bring you some of my feather-brained ideas. Um, obviously, it's winter time right now, and I've been driving around a lot instead of biking. Um, and it is really nasty out there on the roads as far as dirt, slush, grime. You know what I'm talking about. That gray-brown substance that comes up and covers any vehicle that you're using. Um, and it kind of brought to mind a conversation I had last year with Matt Fippin from Shields about washing your bike. Fipp washes his bike every single time he rides. Um, and to me, that sounds crazy. Um, for me, I wash my bike maybe once a year, depending. Um, granted, Fipp's bike is a lot nicer than mine, but I consider my bike my firstborn child. So, you know, now I'm feeling like, am I treating my bike wrong? Am I wronging my baby Cannondale? Um, you know, it's a question we need to ask ourselves from time and again. So I apologize if I've talked about this a little bit on Parrot Talk. I believe I have touched upon washing your bike before, but um, I thought I would go into it in a little greater detail today. Um, how often should you wash your bike? How often do you wash your bike? Um, I would love to know that. What is the average amount of time someone washes their bike or goes between washings of bikes? Um, and what I found on the internet 
is a wide range of opinions, um, obviously. And obviously you shouldn't take anything you see on the internet as total truth um, without, you know, applying some common sense. But the one consensus that I did find is that if you get some of that nasty wintertime road salt on your bike, get that off of there as soon as possible because it can be corrosive, it can be damaging to both the frame and the components of your bike, and it's really bad for your drivetrain. So um, get that off of there, and you're probably going to need to use water and not just rubbing it with a cloth um, because you don't want to scratch your frame. Um, you know, and if your drivetrain is dirty, it's muddy, I would clean that too. Even I would clean my drivetrain on every bike ride. Um, if it were to be muddy or dirty or have globs of tar stuck in it or whatever the heck you be, you'll be riding over. Um, I am notorious for um, over-greasing my drivetrain and getting bike grease over the entirety of my body, who knows how, um, and then having trouble removing that grease. So, you know, if you see me out on the bike ride, you know, especially if it's a more than one day bike ride, uh, odds are that I will have one of those notorious bike tattoos, but maybe not on the inside of my calf. It's hard to say. It just depends on how many times I've had to pick up my bicycle in an awkward way or what have you. Um, you know, once you've cleaned your drivetrain, don't put oil or grease on the rims. Obviously that's going to make it hard to stop. And, you know, as much as we love biking continuously, you are probably going to have to stop at some point if for nothing else to eat. So, you know, don't put oil or grease on your rims. Um, if you have a steel frame, be very careful about rust. Um, always dry out your bike after you wash it if you have a steel frame, especially if you have any scratches or dings on your bike because that can um, spread really quickly, you know. As you see, lots of bikes in our lots of cars in Iowa that have rust. It's the same with your bike. It's really easy to spread once it gets its foothold. Um, and you know, heaven forbid your precious bicycle would be brought down by rust of all things. Um, be careful not to make any extra scratches on your bike on the finish of your bike by rubbing around different particles of grit or dirt while you're washing your bike. Um, you know, that's happened to me on my car before where I thought I was polishing it, but actually there was like grit underneath the wax and it <laughs> made little circles of scratches on the finish of my car. And that was not great. Although it wasn't as not probably my car was at the time was worth less than my bike is now. And my bike is not worth a lot. So, you know, live and learn. I'm spreading the knowledge to you, my friend. Um, you know, though. According to the internet, the chain is the only part of your bike that really needs cleaning and lubricating once a week or once a ride um, when it's making a noise and when you're having trouble shifting, stuff like that. You really have to, like, do it now. Um, so, you know what? I think I'm going to try to be more careful about at least cleaning my chain. My previous strategy has been to just layer on more grease on top of the previous grease until... Um, I absolutely have to clean everything, but, you know, doing this research, it really does seem like it'll make it last longer and ride better. Um, honestly, I could use any help I can get to be faster because I'm super slow. So, <laughs> yeah, I will probably try to do that. You know, it might help. Um, and then beyond that, you know, hose down your bike. 
as often as you can motivate yourself to do so. Um, if you can be like FIP and wash your bike every single time you ride, more power to you. But I know that the majority of the time I'm going to be, you know, heading on inside for a shower and a large meal is preferably pizza as soon as I'm done biking. Um, you know, and the other thing is that the style of biking that I like to do is mostly road and trail biking. So there's not a lot of grit and grime that gets on my bike every time. Whereas I know FIP does a lot of mountain biking, off-road biking, which would necessitate a lot more cleaning. You know, if your bike gets grimy, clean it, I guess is where I'm going to leave this debate. Um, but I would love to hear from you as to what you think. Um, how often do you clean your bike? What method do you use to clean your bike? Um, and how often do you clean your drivetrain? Uh, let me know on social media. I'm ragbri underscore Andrea on Twitter. Or you can get us at Just Go Bike on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Or if you'd like to email us, you can email us at justgobikepodcast at gmail.com. I love to hear from you there. I'm the one who checks the messages there. So love to have a conversation about cycling um, of any kind. If you have any questions for future Parrot Talks, love to hear them. Otherwise, I'm just going to go squawking about my favorite topics. So, you know, fine. You know, either way. I'm going to close this Parrot Talk with a quote from John Karras that I found in a, a Ragbri 5 book that he and Call wrote um, long ago. His thought for the day, bicycling is a disease and Donald Call and I are carriers. So if that's true, then I think we've all caught the bug, John. Um, have a great day. the end of another edition of the Jisco Bike Podcast. Episode 50 is now in the rearview mirror and we're looking ahead. You know, we're just barely into January. We've got some great things on the horizon with the entire week of the announcement party for Ragbri and the Iowa Bike Coalition and all the other events that are coming up with it. So appreciate you tuning in each and every week. And and Mark, who, are, who is this podcast made possible by? Boy, there's, there's no way we could do this without these super cool sponsors. Think Iowa City and its curious surrounding communities. Uh, they're, uh, they got a lot of stuff going on for bicycling in, in the Iowa City, Coralville, North Liberty area. Bikes to you. And the Bikes to You Charter out of Grinnell, Iowa, one of the best bike shops and ragbrite charters that you're going to be able to find. And then, of course, uh, Primal. Uh, if you're looking for custom bike jerseys, shorts, accessories, now is the time that you want to talk to Jake and Jenny and all those uh, important reps over there at Primal that are going to take care of you, get your artwork done, and get you a nice box of jerseys before you can start riding this year. Yeah, very cool. And I think all three of our sponsors will have some um, – some somehow involvement at the Iowa Bike Expo or at the Rat Announcement Party that day. So we'll see all of our friends that are involved with the Jessica Bike Podcast. So look forward to seeing all those folks. So if you haven't already subscribed to the Jessica Bike Podcast, it's free. Hey, you know, with everything that wants uh, money in this day and age, it's free. Just hit it up on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, or iTunes. Um, and if you want us to talk about a subject or if you got something in mind that you just want to get off your chest, you know, shoot us a note on Twitter, you know, on our website. Um, or stop by the booth at the Iowa Bike Expo or at the Rat Announcement Party. We'd love to talk to you. So um, just keep those messages coming. This 
is how we're able to bring in neat content. I think your buddy McGurk said it one time, right? Content is king or something along that line. It's all about the content, yeah. <laughs> all about the content. All right. Well, here's a, here's something that I'll leave you with from, from a guy named Axel Reichertz. He said, you don't quit riding your bike because you get old. You get old because you've quit riding your bike. So as Murph always says, think about it. Thanks again for listening. Let us know what you think of the show by leaving a rating and a review. They really help us out a lot and help others find the show. For more information, check out justgobike.net. The show's theme song was written, produced, and performed by Ryan Steer.